Uh, well, I have uh, I have to read an I have an ad read to start the show today. Oh, you have an ad read? Yeah, we got <laughs> nice. I kind of feel like we're selling out, but you know, I got this offer, and it's like it would be a lot of money for us, and I feel like the. It's something that we're not going to have too much of a moral ob- objection to, I think. Sorry I didn't discuss it with you guys beforehand. Is it the Iowa <laughs> Board of Pork Producers? <laughs> no, it's it's a little bigger than that. Um, today's episode of Rock Hard Caucus is brought to you by the Disney Corporation. Oh, and, amazing. And Hamas. <laughs> uh New episodes of Star Wars: The Bad Batch release every Friday on Disney Plus, and <laughs> Free Palestine. Disney Corporation and Hamas have teamed up to sponsor our podcasts and spread their message to the Midwest United States. <laughs> All your favorite characters, like Mickey Mouse and uh, Darth Vader. <laughs> uh, they say uh, Israel is an apartheid state. <laughs> wow, I agree with them. Mm-hmm. Speak truth to power, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you think we can get in trouble for that? That was satire. <laughs> <laughs> satire. This is covered under satire and parody law. Fair use. Allegedly satire. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkle in some allegedly. Mm-hmm. I did see someone on Twitter saying, like, if you can understand who's the bad guys in Star Wars, then you can understand who's the bad guys in this conflict. And then it was just, like, a big fucking argument about, like, who the actual bad guys are in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> There was someone on Facebook who did that, that both Justin and I were arguing about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, this is complicated. This isn't like the Sith. Uh, yeah, that guy said only Siths deal in absolute. Only oh, Siths deal in God. absolutes. Oh, my God. You would have lost it. <laughs> I hate Facebook. Yeah. It's bad, folks. Yeah, I don't know. I wanted to, I wanted to acknowledge what's going on in Palestine, but, uh, I mean, I don't feel like we... <laughs> really have a lot to add to that conversation yeah i'm gonna say that i'm dealing in absolutes and saying Mm -hmm. that genocide is wrong and i don't need to know the like yeah Yeah. the history of all the different subgroups shut the fuck up genocide is wrong yeah yeah it's very fucking enraging and saddening and there's no solution as long as like the u.s continues to I mean, and the rest of the Western world. Yeah, there's no short-term solution for any of this. Yeah, it does seem like uh, international public opinion is shifting a little bit. But yeah, it doesn't really matter as long as uh, the U.S. is the dominant world power and it is, continues yeah, to fund Israel. They forced uh, Biden's hand to, like, he has to, he can't do anything but approve of it just because of the fucking constraints of... Well, fucking... he also believes in it. Right, right, yeah. Because he said if there wasn't an Israel, we'd have to make one to protect our imperial interests. <laughs> fuck, oh, God. fuck. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was, like, a really old clip. Yeah. Like a C-SPAN yeah. 80s, or C-SPAN, sorry. <laughs> I did see there's like some website where they calculate how much uh, money each state is sending to Israel, like in terms of how tax money is distributed. We love mm. Israel, don't we? And I guess Iowa has contributed about $28 million to <laughs> weapons to Israel. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then like the denial of contracts to places who don't oppose BDS. I mean, that's all money. Too. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you brought that up the other day, but I didn't really look into the BDS mm-hmm. situation in Iowa. It does feel a little bit different because there are, again, some representatives who are like explicitly questioning the not even questioning. Like AOC has actually been really good so far on the on the Israel stuff, and like she's the amazing. And I feel like explicitly I owe her an calling out the Biden administration for accommodating it. Yeah, that's cool. At least there's a handful of them. Yeah. I do feel like public opinion is changing. It kind of pisses me off that like liberals are now. Because a, a journalist, like, were bombed, it's like, oh, now this is bad. 
It's like you yeah. didn't care about testing weapons on kids for a decade, but now, but okay, they're on the right side. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least something convinced them. Something, yeah. Drew their attention. Well, we can move on to some happier news that's more local, something we can actually like have a direct impact on. <laughs> <laughs> this is shocking to me. Uh, some good news relating to electoral politics and the Democrats here in Iowa. Well, wow. Yeah. Shocker. I'm going to vote happily again later <laughs> next month. <laughs> you should never vote happily, dude. <laughs> it should First be time a in chore. a long time. Yeah. I voted happily for Bernie Sanders, but That's I've true. never been happy before, ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was I've a never primary been, like, vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only voted for Bernie in the primary. That's true. Oh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely did not vote for Bernie in the general but you weren't happy when you did the second one. No. You were like, I was you were very happy. mad, in fact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a rage ride in. <laughs> well, uh, on Tuesday, the Johnson County Democrats had their nominating convention to nominate a candidate for the Johnson County supervisor to replace Janelle Reddig, who retired suddenly like a month or ago. Nobody knew she was resigning, including her fellow supervisors, so it came as a surprise to everybody, and they just quickly like scheduled the convention. Uh, I could have participated in that convention had I not changed my voter registration to no party, and that's something I did want to get out there, because I do think it's kind of bullshit. Um, <laughs> the people who were able to participate in this nominating convention had to have uh, signed up to be a delegate or alternate at the caucus that happened in February 2020. So that's Wait, what the fuck? 15 Seriously? months ago. <laughs> that's yeah. so fucked up. Yeah, and then not uh, change their registration in the entire time since. That's fucked up. Mm -hmm. So I know of at least one person who was turned away at the door because she, like me, did not want to be a Joe Biden Democrat and changed her registration. <laughs> and they, yeah, even if you uh, changed it back to a Democrat, they had removed you from the delegate list, so they weren't going to let you participate. But despite that obstacle, somebody good that I like was nominated. Yeah, that's crazy. They, like, try to make it only inside, you know, delegates or whatever, and then the guy that they don't want to win still wins. Yeah, I was very well, surprised I don't know. that it Maybe they out. do. Maybe some of them did want him to win or whatever, but I, I don't know. Maybe you probably know more than I do. Yeah, and we may get more information on that later. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can give you, like, the breakdown of how the convention happened. Our friend uh, Zachary Oren-Smith of the Press Citizen, but not for long. He's moving no to longer, IPR yeah. soon. Yeah, uh, He covered the convention they did uh, runoff voting. So first round, th there were four candidates. Megan Foster, Susan Valeta. I don't know Susan. Uh, Scott Finlayson and John Green. Wow, he stood in the way of two women. <laughs> Very problematic. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I don't think I've said explicitly, but John Green did win this nomination, and he was the candidate that I was hoping for. Yeah, explicitly defund the police, explicitly pro-Palestine. Like Right. Right. Drug legalization. All the good shit. Yeah. Very much uh, lines up with our ideology. Uh, yeah. Again, I don't know Susan Valeta. I can tell you about Megan Foster because she is on the Coralville City Council, and I have two pretty negative memories of her. <laughs> Last year, we had a protest outside of the police station in Coralville while there was a curfew. I think it was an 8 p.m. curfew. That seems pretty wow, early. But that's, I, yeah, really that's early. early. I think it was 8 p.m. actually. That's what it was in Minneapolis intentionally. Right, yeah. Yeah. So we were all hanging out outside the police station and two city council members showed up to the protest to hang out with us. Like, oh, we're cool. We're progressive. <laughs> <laughs> Those two were Megan Foster and Mitch Gross. And as time went on, it was, it was after 8 p.m. I was like, okay, we're breaking the curfew. That's cool. And these guys are still here. So maybe they're you know, somewhat their hearts are in the right place. And then suddenly, an hour after the curfew, they said, okay, you all have to go home now. <laughs> That's such a random. They're like, we're the cool parents. We're going to let you stay up an hour past your bedtime. Yes. It was just like that, yeah. 
Like they <laughs> they suddenly got the call from someone else in the city. Like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there was another event like a few weeks after that in the park where there were some speakers and like members of the community who were talking about uh, defunding the police. Uh, I don't think anyone was really talking about abolition. It was a little bit uh, like not quite as radical as as I would have hoped. But, you know, some people were talking explicitly about defunding, at least. And in response to those calls for defunding the police, one of uh, Megan Foster's suggestions for future things that they could do to kind of uh, alleviate racial discrimination here in Coralville was, uh, what if we have a farmer's market for entrepreneurs of color? If you have a a booth in the farmer's market for three years in a disadvantaged community, (laughs) you can. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, Megan Foster is like progressive Democrat, but is still, you know, offering market solutions to (laughs) stuff like that (laughs) when when the community is is yelling about getting rid of the police department. So obviously I have some disagreements with her. Was not very excited to have her as a supervisor, but I assumed she was going to be the one who would win because she had the backing of like the Dvorskys and Zach Walls, who are kind of the major players in this part of the state. Wasn't she also like kind of gearing up for maybe like higher office as well? Like I remember reading on Twitter some time that she might have been considering a run for governor at some point in the future. Wow. Yeah, I I wouldn't doubt it. She does seem ambitious, but <laughs> she's not uh, <laughs> She's not going to be on the board of supervisors for this election at least. <laughs> and then Scott Finlayson, I forget, he has like a job with the county already. Like he already works in that office or with the county attorney, I believe. But um yeah, he's like a real inside guy. So I don't want to talk too much shit because uh, the person who is managing his campaign in this race is somebody that I like really like and respect. But my impression of their strategy was like it was a very Elizabeth Warren thing. Like he is a little bit more aligned with like the Bernie Sanders type Democrats in the county than mm-hmm. Megan Foster is. But he's also like worked with the party for years and years. He's like a more palatable option to loyal democrats a third way so to speak <laughs> right yeah so it, <laughs> if only there was another way <laughs> <laughs> it very much reminded me of like the warren versus sanders thing where it's like yeah but he's less objectionable to mm-hmm. yeah the the happy liberals so that was the strategy and like you know i understand the logic but obviously it didn't work here and <laughs> hasn't worked before nor should it yeah and then john green who was the mayor of lone tree he increased the pay of city workers there in lone tree city workers is lone tree a city it's not really big enough but yeah i've been there yeah southeast iowa represent uh you know john is like unapologetically uh, i don't know if he calls himself a socialist but you know he's (laughs) in line with uh, that kind of thinking a uh, very s- strong supporter of bernie sanders both presidential campaigns and actually yeah scott finlayson was a warren guy in 2020 so that's that is a knock against him <laughs> <laughs> but i'll give you the breakdown of how the votes went uh, round one foster 84 susan valeda nine votes scott finlayson 83 he's only one vote behind foster and then john green 105 so he's winning round one the most radical guy on the ballot. Hell yeah. And with all like political insider types, not people who are independents who switch back. Right. Yep. So the people who would like be most likely to vote for John in this convention. So me, Stella, (laughs) we were not able to participate. So Susan Valeda got knocked out because she had the fewest votes in that round. Round two, Megan Foster loses one vote. She's at 83 now. Scott Finlayson loses three. He's at 80. John increases his vote to 116. Oh, hell yeah. He's now won two rounds, but they he has not won a majority, so they have to vote again. So even though it was really close, Scott Finlayson got knocked out in round two. And then round three, <laughs> final tally, John Green with 139 votes and Megan Foster with 137. Oh. So he won with the slimmest margin possible. And a majority of Scott Finlayson's votes went to Megan Foster in the last yeah. round. <laughs> Not surprising. <laughs> yeah. But it peeled off enough, you know? Right. 
they tried to uh, coalesce around one candidate to beat the most radical guy. Uh, remind you of anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this time, the good guys just barely won. That's oh, awesome. Hell yeah. And I think you said he's a fa- in favor of defund the police, but I think he's specifically in favor of abolition as well. Yes, he does use, and he uses the word abolish. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And the way politics work here in Johnson County, if you win the Democratic nomination, you have won the general election in almost every case. <laughs> yeah. So he'll be up against in the general. This is a special election, too. So it's going to be probably pretty low turnout. I probably should have looked up the date, but it's in June. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> that is June 8th. Uh, he's up against uh, Phil Hemingway, who is like a perennial candidate. Like the only Republican in Johnson County that runs for local office. <laughs> just like they're just like have at it, champ. <laughs> Good job, champ. <laughs> I think he did win uh, a supervisor seat once briefly. Like How long are those ago. terms? Do you know? I do not know. Uh, this one is going to be shorter, obviously, since it's a special uh, election. Right. But yeah, I forget how long the terms are. And they have control over the purse strings. Of the county government or county budget or whatever, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really know <laughs> what a supervisor, county supervisor's job actually entails. But yeah, I don't know. It seems the full like he could do some it. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like all of their responsibilities, all of their jurisdiction. But uh, you know, they got control over county roads and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and John will be the only one who's not like from this metro area. Yeah, that's interesting. It tends to be Iowa City, Coralville, North Liberty residents, and he's from a little bit more of a rural community, so it's nice to have someone else in the county represented on the board, too. Yeah, that also a pretty cool. good example yeah. that like actual leftist politics can win in rural counties. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he, rural cities. he won a mayoral race in such a small town is also remarkable. And also sounds familiar. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, as I hinted at earlier, we may learn more in the near future (laughs) about (laughs) this race and John Green himself. So yeah, that's some good news. Uh, Let's we can like alternate between good and bad news today. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, that's a good way to approach it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So something that happened like the beginning of last week: Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds announces cut to federal unemployment benefits, citing need to boost economy. She's such a monster, dude. Yeah, but I mean, staffing at uh, Taco John's is going to get better now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wow, Justin. (laughs) No, I mean, it's this is demonic. And obviously, I've been benefiting from the increased uh, federal unemployment benefits for over a year now. So I have personal (laughs) stake in this. But (laughs) yeah. Like, I'm fine. There's people way worse off than me who are going to suffer from this, which makes me mad. <laughs> when they turn away federal money just to spite their people, it gets oh, me yeah, this that. actually. That's a thing that they did with Planned Parenthood, and it just mm-hmm. enrages me. Where it's like, this is free money. Like, they're offering it to you, and you're refusing it for your people. Yeah, and it's yeah. really not Surely much. that money could be funneled into contracts for, like, Republican donors. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> right, you, you cheat with all of it anyway. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it had already been, like, severely reduced as well. It was uh, a $300 bonus per week if you actually receive any uh, normal unemployment benefits so i was already like barely getting anything because i was working you know i was working 15 hours a week maximum and that ended up being too much income to receive any benefits week to week. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're you're mr Moneybags over there <laughs> yeah it was already basically nothing if you have found any work since the pandemic started yeah she's getting a little assist from the biden administration too because mm-hmm. they're like Go back to work. <laughs> if, if you if you are not passing, or if you're not um, accepting any job available to you, then you yeah. are scum. Yeah, you're cheating the system. Because they had waived the rule where uh, you don't have to like be actively searching for work. Yeah, yeah, right. But now it's like, if you have job opportunities, you have to take them, or you won't get unemployment. No matter whether you have to piss in a bottle or not. <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to wear a mask anymore either. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> right. I didn't 
I worked a wedding yesterday, and guess how many people were wearing masks there? <laughs> zero. Was it zero? It was like a handful, but pretty close to zero, yes. <laughs> how uh, fancy of a wedding was it? I'm sure that factors. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they rented a pretty big building <laughs> and a couple hundred people <laughs> there. Justin knows a lot about weddings. <laughs> yeah, I was just like playing the music, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It would be cool to have a sparkly-ass mask as a bride. I think that would look really cool. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, everyone who's not wearing the mask, you have to be vaccinated if you choose not to wear it, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, like, everyone's the, following that. Obviously, there's a link between, like, being vaccinated and being, like, affluent. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, everybody saw too many of those signs at the fast food places where it's like, oh, we're having trouble hiring. Please, yeah, please be patient. Yeah, I love patient. that Chamber of Commerce propaganda that just so happened to all hit, hit at the exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let me read a little bit from this. Tyler Jett wrote this article in the Des Moines Register on the 11th. Angie Davidson already lost her income once during the pandemic. Now she's worried it will happen again. Davidson, 45, of Wapolo, applied for federal unemployment insurance benefits last year when the COVID-19 pandemic forced closures of the flea markets and farmer's markets where she sold soaps and jewelry and read tarot cards. So that sounds like the kind of job where you're not getting a uh, W-9 or um, W-2. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. That's like some self-employment stuff. Uh, the money that she earned supplemented her husband's $3,500 monthly military disability check, the primary income for their family of five. A family of five? Right. Oh. So this is already a situation where it's going to be hard to apply for unemployment because you are getting like a bunch of cash at the flea market as your income. <laughs> you don't have the documents necessary to make that a smooth process. Iowa Workforce Development denied her application for benefits, okay, as suspected. Mm-hmm. She filed a challenge and a judge ruled in her favor in September, but Davidson said she didn't receive any payments until late September. For months, she said the family whittled its savings. So that's probably like six uh, months, right? March to September of last year. Oh. Yeah, that would be six months. Nine minus three. Oh, that's <laughs> awful. It's really embarrassing to go to a food pantry, she said. It just is. It shouldn't strip you of your dignity, but it does. Ouch. That's I think... Harsh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's kind of by design. I mean, well, not I wouldn't say by design as far as the food pantry, but like as far as like American society at large. Yes, there, there's an, a tremendous amount of shame in like taking any sort of benefit. Right. The people at the food pantry aren't the ones shaming you, but all of right. the rest of society is. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's tough. Uh, she said Tuesday she hopes her family won't have to repeat that experience this summer. Still, she's worried after uh, Kim Reynolds announced the state will no longer administer pandemic unemployment assistance or other federal unemployment programs beginning June 13th. Though the programs are paid for by the federal government, Iowa Workforce Development administers the actual payments, giving the state the ability to turn off benefits for workers. <laughs> That's fucking Fuck. evil. For evil's That's sake. That's so evil. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I mean, I guess the good news is that the flea markets are probably going to open up again. <laughs> yeah. So she'll have some opportunities. But as, uh, you know, Megan Foster suggested, uh, farmers markets for entrepreneurs of color, that's not really <laughs> going to solve all the problems here. <laughs> right. <laughs> as part of the change, the state will end federal pandemic unemployment compensation payments, an extra $300 that all unemployed workers were scheduled to receive until September. So we're cutting that off three months early. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. It's a lot of red states have been doing the same thing, too. Yep. Aww. I don't think Iowa was even the first, but. No, no. There were several before us. I forget yeah. which ones, but I had seen news about that. Uh, the state also is ending pandemic emergency unemployment compensation. That's what I was getting. Uh, which extends benefits to workers who had received payments for the full 26 weeks under other programs. Okay, right. I had uh, finished, I had taken all I could take from unemployment, so the emergency compensation was what I was on after that. And that's going away. But hey, the economy's opening back up and everything is, uh, <laughs> all of my jobs are at 100% already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? We can just fill that theater right the fuck up with yeah. public events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Englert's doing a lot of big shows now. <laughs> I get I get emails, but <laughs> it's probably going to be until like at least October before it's like full capacity stuff. Right. But I am getting like some outdoor gigs and stuff, so I'll I'll be okay. We've also got a Patreon for the show if you 
<laughs> yeah. That's Justin's unemployment fund, so... <laughs> If you like Justin's employment as the producer and host of this podcast, then you should chip in. Yeah, if you would like to contribute to the participants in this podcast, perhaps someday being able to not have other jobs, (laughs) 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 or spend a little bit more time on the show, patreon.com slash rockhardcaucus. It's not an emergency, but maybe someday it would be nice Yeah, to well, have, we can to start, have that to rely on. We can start doing uh, on-the-beat reporting <laughs> here shortly. That's true. It's getting more safe to actually go out. Yeah. Yeah. Do some yeah, real Yeah, some of my journalism. favorite stuff was doing the steak fry stuff. So yeah. Evan and I, I'll, I'll go un- undercover yeah. to some funny shit. <laughs> yeah, we need to do that for sure. That was fun. Uh, yeah, okay, so other states that have done that are Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, South Carolina, and Tennessee. Fuck, dude. Uh, it's time for everyone who can to get back to work, Reynolds said in a statement. Uh, where, though? <laughs> <laughs> Taco well, John's! Listen. Yeah, bottom, bottom dollar. <laughs> we got jobs for seven twenty-five. They're plentiful. Everyone's hiring. If you would like a little more, you can work at Amazon and you can pee in bottles. Mm-hmm. You can drive a van as quickly as possible down residential streets, run <laughs> out of the door up to the front yeah. door of the house, run back to the vehicle, slam on the gas and get to the next delivery. <laughs> but think of how much weight you can lose doing that. <laughs> There's no like health benefits, but that is kind of like, you know, a health benefit. <laughs> <laughs> oh well yeah they have they have health benefits <laughs> yeah i don't really know how the benefits package is at amazon uh, I assume yeah it's it's adequate i assume <laughs> adequate probably better than most fast food service jobs right yeah, yeah it's definitely. gonna be better than taco john's but you have to pee in a bottle i cannot emphasize this yeah. <laughs> do you know um what the tipped minimum wage is here it's like four it like- right Four twenty-five. Thirty-five. Oh, okay. (laughs) That dime makes a huge difference. Yeah. It's so sick. I was talking to someone who does that at their job, um, who is a waitress, and she was like, the absolute worst people on earth have been coming for the last year. Yeah. Like, they they tip zero. They tip nothing on to-go orders, which is the only way that she's been getting any work. And like, let me remind you listeners, when you get to-go orders, you have to fucking tip. They're still yeah. doing all the work to get you that food, and they're still making $4 an hour. Tip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then if they're not making, you know, the seven twenty-five minimum, the employer has to make up that difference. And they mm. do, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have not <laughs> once seen that enforced. <laughs> Never. And it's all cash shit, so I don't even know how, like, how could anyone expect that to actually work out in the workers favor yeah because they can just claim oh it's they can go in and change it and, and claim more cash for that it's just disgusting mm-hmm. uh some researchers told the des moines register on tuesday that they doubted that cutting off the federal aid will result in more workers taking jobs andrew stetner a senior policy analyst at the century foundation sounds evil so yeah. i'm glad it's not yeah <laughs> century foundation <laughs> don't know what that is but uh don't like the name Andrew Stetner said employment did not seem to increase when the federal government's supplemental payments for unemployment benefits dropped from 600 a week in the early months of the pandemic to hmm. 300 at the end of July. So you're saying that maybe the stick isn't the only way that you could uh, <laughs> get people to go back to work. That's a great point. Maybe you could maybe have a carrot in the form of like a higher wage, something like that. Sounds well, maybe like a alternate better idea. working conditions that's off the table now because kristen cinema did a thumbs down right <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh right the extra 300 ceased last fall through the end of the year i forgot about that it got turned off for a few months and then they turned it back on in january they turned it back on yeah <laughs> so when they turned it back on in january employment in iowa fell that month by 4400 employees so that 300 dollars made the difference for 4,000 people where they no longer had to work in a fucking shitty service job (laughs) and could take those benefits instead, which is in January of 2021, definitely a net positive because that's when shit was really, really bad in terms of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. We didn't have the uh, vaccines yet and everyone was getting sick because they saw their families for Christmas. Uh, And then the following month, the state added 15,000 jobs 
even as the $300 payments continued. So obviously that's not the only fucking factor here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They made up for it three times over a month later while continuing the federal benefits. Yeah, and the whole time they're bragging about the low unemployment rate. Like Kim Reynolds has been beating that drum forever. That was in her state of the state speech. I remember that. It's because we don't have that many fucking people. (laughs) Like it's it's not that complicated. Yeah. Or, you know, like a lot of people, you know, it does, of course, the unemployment numbers never count the people who are not actively seeking work or have just, like, given up. Right. Just the people who aren't receiving the benefits and just fucking coasting yeah. on whatever they can get. Yeah. The kindness of strangers, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the last part of this. Another sad story. Becky Swan, 45, of Russell, said she isn't sure what will happen when her federal unemployment insurance benefits end next month. At the beginning of the pandemic, she lost her job at Gasland Express, which permanently closed its Sheraton convenience store. She took a job at Subway in late October, but she said she contracted the coronavirus four days later. Oh, my God. Whoa. So she took a fucking Subway job and immediately got COVID. These are the jobs that they're pushing people back into. (laughs) The jobs where you are instantly exposed to COVID. Uh, She still has trouble breathing. So that's from, yeah, late October. So... Six, seven months, she has trouble breathing still. Swan said she is currently receiving about 400 a month. 400 a month in unemployment insurance. That's so little. Yeah, that's nothing. I wonder if that's a typo. I have to hope that they meant a week, but 400 a month, shit. Yeah. She has also picked up a part-time job at a local motel, working three days a week as a front desk clerk. The job is new, and she isn't sure yet whether it will cost her the benefits. Uh, three days a week, yeah, I'm going to guess that they're going to cut you off. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Nevertheless, she knows they're ending for sure in a month. She said she spent all of her savings to stay afloat, and she hasn't seen any well-paying jobs that she's qualified for in her area. She's applied for several jobs that yielded no response. So this is like the absolute ideal unemployment receiver in terms of like what the shitty government wants out of these people. Somebody who's actively looking for work all the time, even accepting the shitty jobs that she can find. And like she needs that federal assistance to like just fucking get through the year and just yanking it away, even though she and I'm sure a shitload more people are doing exactly what they want or say they want out of unemployed people. Right, because that's not really what they want at all. They want you to get to Taco John's as soon as you can. <laughs> they, they want, yeah, the pressure so that people have to accept shitty working conditions and shitty wages. Mm-hmm. Yep. There has to be the, the threat of destitution and even death. Otherwise, why would you accept such an awful job? Yep. There are no jobs here in general, even without a pandemic, she said. When my work closed down, it was devastating for me. I knew it was going to be hard to get a job here. And again, that's Becky Swan of Russell, Iowa. Ever, ever been to Russell? I don't think I know where that is. Nope. No idea. Yeah. The kind of place where even a convenience store doesn't stay open. So that's a bummer. And like she's already like taking a convenience store job, like doing the thing they say they want. And mm-hmm. like, you know, before there's even a pandemic, that's a hard job. Yeah, for sure. That sucks. Yeah. They don't even let you sit down. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And that's a 45-year-old woman. It's not like a... You know, they like to say that these jobs are all for teenagers and shit, but... Yeah. If you've ever actually been to a McDonald's, you know that (laughs) the employees are adults who have to pay bills. The majority are adults with children. The average worker is in their 30s with two children and is a woman. Right. Statistically, in fast food. Getting people like her assistance is worth some people taking advantage of the system, by the way, as well. Yeah, of course. Like, well, that's always the argument. If you live here, you can't take advantage of the system. Yeah, there, it's, it's hard it to do that in the first so place. Bad to and be yeah, you still have American. to jump through a bunch of fucking hoops to do it anyway. But I'm saying, like, that's always the argument against that. It's like, well, how do we know that the people who actually need it get it? And it's like, fuck that. This shouldn't even be part of the equation. Yeah, who cares? Like, you what? would take this assistance if you needed it. Simple as that. And you should. <laughs> and you should. you should. Yeah, and you should have that available. Yeah. Yeah. You should be auto enrolled if you qualify. Like yeah. 
this is just if you good. get laid off and like yeah like did israel prove that it deserved like, <laughs> like <laughs> these are our people this is our community right yeah you should care more about a human being's life than you should about whether you have to wait an extra 10 minutes at taco john's Mm-hmm. And I have an anecdote about that. I was uh, I was really craving the exclusive Mountain Dew flavor they have at KFC <laughs> last week. Back on the taco beat. <laughs> Wait, Taco John's has an exclusive Mountain Dew flavor? No, 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 KFC. Oh, okay, sorry. Oh, at KFC, we cut you off. Okay, I think oh. I said KFC, but you may have misheard. I inserted Taco John's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm on a different chain now. Uh, yeah, KFC has their own exclusive Mountain Dew flavor. Uh, I forget what it's called now, <laughs> but it's like peach flavored. It's pretty good. And I haven't had it in probably a year now. And uh, I was like, you know, that would be really good because somebody on Twitter actually mentioned it to me when I was. Oh, it's when I posted the picture when you of posted the Mountain Dew in my fridge. fridge. <laughs> 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 yeah. Somebody asked me if I had had that and I was like, oh, I have. And now that you reminded me and then I just jumped in the car and drove over there and there were like five cars in the drive through. And I, I went there with the mindset of like, okay, I know shit's pretty dire at the fast food restaurants right now, so I may not get what I want <laughs> because I'm a reasonable person. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to every restaurant and demanding exactly what I want with the perfect You're service. You're not entitled to that Mountain Dew. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> it's just something I would like, and I'm going to see if uh, I'm able to get it. This is how you should be even outside of a uh, pandemic and with uh, difficult employment circumstances. If you were going to a restaurant, just fucking be chill, okay? <laughs> yeah, I saw, side note, I saw someone on Twitter saying, like, having people who are your, like, mini servants for $4 an hour is, like, yeah. something that's really curdling the American psyche of, like, yeah, yeah. we believe mm-hmm. that a waiter is our, like, we're buying them to be our servant instead yeah. of, like... You know, this is someone who's bringing you some food. Like, yeah. like be chill. Sorry, go back to your exclusive Mountain Dew. I'm yeah. happy for you. <laughs> well, I didn't get it is the thing. So oh, no. there were like five cars in the driveway. I was like, okay, this doesn't look too bad. I get in line. Maybe a minute after I've been sitting there, the line lurches forward about six inches. I'm like, okay, you know, I can deal with this pace. I was listening to a podcast. So, you know, I'm, I'm entertaining myself while I'm waiting for the potential exclusive Mountain Dew. <laughs> And I waited for like 20 minutes and we didn't move again at all. <laughs> so I was, I was like, okay, this isn't going to happen tonight. And I just left. And I wasn't pissed off. I just drove away and went home and I ate the food that I had in my house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to just accept the circumstances as they come. Sacrifice. People don't want to work anymore. People don't want to sacrifice the way that you sacrificed. That's right. <laughs> People don't want to work anymore, and they fucking shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do want to give a little bit of credit to uh, Tyler Jett at the Des Moines Register for getting actual stories from unemployed people who were receiving these benefits. Instead of just small business owners like NPR. Yeah, most most of what I've seen is like, well, you know, all the business owners are telling me they're having a tough time hiring. Yeah. (laughs) And this is like, oh, finally, we get to hear a little bit of the other perspective. Yeah. Did you consider posting a Twitter thread and asking for people's experiences with the unemployment system? (laughs) I'm sure there's many people out there who'd be willing to weigh in on that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is fun. You want to talk about B4s a little bit? Yeah, this is the positive news yes, we need. Yes. I love Meat Week. Let's go. Yeah, so I, I didn't pull up a lot of like real information on this, mostly just like weird cultural shit I had seen. Uh, but yeah, beef seems to be like a big culture war subject now. I guess because uh, Green New Deal kind of stuff is like calling for a reduction in beef consumption because of methane emissions, right? Yeah, they fart a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Methane is a much stronger greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. And they take up a lot of land. They take up a lot of land. They eat a lot of grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way that we produce uh, meat in our, our country is not really sustainable and is damaging to the environment. I mean, and on top of that, it's like one of the biggest labor abuses mm-hmm. in yeah. the world. Yeah. Unethical to the animals and the human beings working those jobs. Yep. Causing massive water quality issues in our state. Yeah, that too. Rivers just flowing with hog shit. Yep. Every ounce of water you drink contains 
also one ounce of shit. I don't know the actual data. <laughs> you stick in game. <laughs> they treated it. Right, right. True, true. Uh, yeah, and you know, obviously, I I have a pretty indiscriminate diet. I just told you about when I drove to KFC. So <laughs> I eat whatever the hell is in front of me. But I can recognize that you know this is damaging, and it would be good if we severely yeah. reduced our meat consumption. <laughs> yeah, I've actually yeah made a lot of changes as far as eating a lot less meat, and in particular red meat. Yeah, not going vegan yet, but. I'm a vegetarian, but like, I also think like, you know, it's not up to the individual to do this. Like whatever one individual person does, I mean, it's right. good to act in ways that you believe are moral, but you have to remember that it's the systems, not the individuals that right. are the problem. Right. You're not yeah, going to solve Individual choices are never going to solve systemic huge problems by themselves. Right. It's good if you want to do it though. Yeah. I Absolutely. do think it is, it is the morally correct decision. It's just, uh, I make the morally incorrect decision. Yeah. <laughs> That's just something I do. We're not perfect. <laughs> Unlike me, who is? <laughs> yeah, Natalie is. Natalie yeah, is making the vegetarian. The perfect, perfect dietary choices. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, all the fake meat I eat is problematic, too. That re- No, seriously, that requires factories. That requires emissions. Yeah, like it's, yeah. Sure. It's yeah. really hard to... I mean, I could grow my own fucking potatoes, but like... Right. And then the labor <laughs> abuses involved in that as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's like there is really no ethical choice, so... No ethical consumption. You heard it here. Mm-hmm. And that uh, no ethical consumption under capitalism, that is a free pass to do whatever the hell you want all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except buy hummus from Israel. Yeah. Or those, bu- those no bubbly Sabra, water things. No soda stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, soda stream. That's what it is. If any of our listeners are aware, are not aware, I mean, yeah, Sabra is produced in Israel, so you should choose. Make your a- own hummus. It's not fucking hard. I, I mean, I haven't done it. You just need a food processor and some chickpeas and like some tahini, you know. Yeah, it's real easy. We say this right after we say individual choices aren't going to solve systemic (laughs) issues. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the the bigger BDS gets, the the more pressure there is on Israel to stop being a genocidal monster. So, (laughs) you know, you can do you can do your little part, maybe. All right. So the B4s. Uh, my first time encountering this, I think, was uh, Ashley Henson going off on beef. So I pulled up her tweets here to remember what she had said about beef. Uh, February 19th, she tweeted, Liberal elites like Bill Gates want to switch to 100% synthetic beef. <laughs> <laughs> Liberal elite. <laughs> yeah. Chip in $10 for a bumper sticker to tell them, hands off our beef. <laughs> I love this. Please fill me in on this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Share with your friends. American flag emoji, American flag emoji. And then, yeah, there's a picture of her, the Ashley Hinson branded bumper sticker. It's got a silhouette of a cow and it says in all caps, hands off our beef. <laughs> and then, so yeah, there's the silhouette of the cow and then there's like a picture of a hand with the circle and slash over it. So hands off our beef. Pretty clever. Help protect the American livestock industry by buying this bumper sticker. Seems like a grift. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm looking at it. Oh, it's funny as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) It has her name on it. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) She tweeted like a variant of that a few times. Billionaire liberal elitists like Bill Gates want Americans to eat 100% synthetic beef. That time she made sure to include that he's a billionaire. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to happen. And then another one where the picture attached also, in addition to Bill Gates, includes Nancy Pelosi and AOC. It's so funny to know what's going on with culture wars on the right, because it's like, I'm so unaware of it. <laughs> like, when I hear about the fucking beef shit, I'm like, they really care about this, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Remember um, after the Green New Deal, there was like a big thing where it was like, AOC wants you to drink your own piss. <laughs> because they're like saying that like... I think it was like a totally fabricated thing, but like some someone made a thing that said like they want to recycle pee, like they want like on-site recycling of piss to turn it into drinkable water or right. something. I got some bad news for you about your water system, friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the Democrats, you know, a, a certain 
segment of them anyway, wanted to prove Ashley Hinson and the Beef Defenders wrong. You remember that Amber Gustafson tweet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, were, they all ran out and bought a bunch of beef. <laughs> yeah. She bought a year's, <laughs> a year's worth of beef and put it in her <laughs> massive walk-in type freezer. <laughs> You can't give in to this shit. Just fucking laugh at it. It's like it, it makes it go away. Like you're engaging with it and it's like, no, just make fun of it because it's stupid. I think it's funny she tweeted <laughs> that and like no one was like, actually, that's like not good for the environment, you know? <laughs> like there weren't, she didn't even, obviously she was not expecting to get that criticism, but I'm kind of surprised that no one was like, yeah, no, actually you should feel like bad for doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, luckily, people were like, you are... They were just calling her ridiculous, yeah. Calling her ridiculous, but also, like, you are hoarding beef that you won't be able to eat when, you know, that could go to people. Well, frozen beef can last a long time, but... But why? (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you eat that much beef at once? Yeah. (laughs) Gross. The, you know, right-wing psychos like Ashley Hansen are, are saying, the Democrats are trying to kill the beef industry. And then Ms. Opepak uh, responds, oh, on the contrary. I drink cow's blood directly from the vein. <laughs> and I shoot it and then drink it Yeah. Out. Also, I own guns that I use to shoot cows. <laughs> My hands Getting are on the beef. <laughs> She's got one of those Anton Sugar, uh, like, bolt things. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Kim Reynolds and the dunces at fake news. Just filled my freezer with a year's worth of beef. Parentheses. My freezer sits next to my gun safe, by the way. (laughs) That is so funny. That's my favorite tweet of the last, like, year, probably. It is really, really funny. Amazing. And she's wearing an Aerosmith t-shirt. Yeah. I said that to my friend. She was like, she looks like a Republican. <laughs> it's like, well, she used yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. She looks like one of those like hot blonde Republicans who like, it's like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's an alternate Ashley Henson. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. I love Meat Week. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so stupid. It was Meat Month. April. Yeah, yeah. yeah. April. All of April was Meat on the Table Month. As designated by our governor, Kim Reynolds, as a reaction against the liberals' war on beef. An imaginary thing. (laughs) Yeah. And I got a statement here from Joni Ernst about the war on meat, which she published on her official Senate.gov page on April 16th. She titled it, In the Left's War on Meat... I'll stand up for Iowa farmers. <laughs> Which is the like farmers not are not from for the Iowa. Most part. Yeah. <laughs> They're not. It's Tyson. Yeah, I mean she'll stand up for the giant uh corporate food industry. <laughs> These aren't like family farms. It never is. Like so many Iowans, I was born and raised on a rural family farm. Like so many Iowans. <laughs> we're all raised on rural farms. That's the thing about Iowa. Yeah. Uh, where we made our living raising livestock and crops. The work was tough and not always pretty, but my family took extraordinary pride in the work we did and the hogs and crops we raised, as do so many (laughs) Iowa families, farmers, and ranchers. We're all just so proud of our hogs here in Iowa. (laughs) Blue Ribbon Award winning at the State Fair, hogs. Hogs out for meat week. Big giant hogs on display. Eating my meat with guns. <laughs> Firing my weapon into my hog. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> Our farms help raise an estimated 23 million hogs, 4 million cattle, and nearly 1 million beef cows, according to a 2019 agricultural economic contribution study. So the numbers there actually betray a little bit of, like, the messaging in this culture war. We've got 23 million hogs and 1 million beef cows in Iowa. Yeah. (laughs) So beef is really not the big deal here. Do you know uh, what's the difference between what she calls cattle and what she calls beef cows? Uh, I think cattle means, like, milk cows. Dairy stuff. Like, cattle means everything, and maybe beef cows means... Why am I contributing to this? I don't know. I have no fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be like the million beef cows are then part of the four million cattle. 
I really don't. Yeah, that's what I think. Mm -hmm. In total, our pork, beef, lamb, poultry, and fish production generate almost $29 billion in crop and livestock sales, with 30% of Iowans employed by agriculture or agriculture-related industry, says the U.S. Department of Agriculture. 2017 Census of Agriculture. I think the word agriculture appears in that sentence about 35 times. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a tough word for me to say, it turns out. Agriculture. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, how many of those employed by the Iowa agriculture industry are legal American citizens? Is that a factor that we should consider? They imply that it's family farmers, which is fake. Yeah. They imply that there are like, and it's like, no, all those people are the people who are like forced to get COVID on the slaughterhouse floor. <laughs> yep. Yep. Getting paid uh, less than minimum wage under the table in cash. Yeah. Exploitation on a mass scale. Farming and ranching is not only critical to our jobs, our economy, our culture, and our way of life here in Iowa. It's in our DNA. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> That's not how that works. So when I hear calls from the liberal left, left is capitalized, liberal is not. Nice. That's respect. (laughs) Everyone from out-of-touch politicians to Hollywood elites encouraging people to ban meat and the quality agriculture products we produce here in Iowa, it makes me sizzle. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, sizzle like bacon. You get it. Is there literally anyone in U.S. politics who said that meat should be banned? I'm I'm guessing no. (laughs) When she says Hollywood elites, you know what she means by that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it, Jews. <laughs> like, to be yeah. clear, there's always anti-Semitism in this. She means Jews, but when I say Hollywood elites, I mean pedophiles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For future reference. <laughs> <laughs> First, under the Obama-Biden administration, it was Meatless Mondays. Then it was Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal, which seeks to drastically reduce the consumption of meat. Now it's the Biden administration who campaigned on continuing the left's war on meat. No, they didn't. <laughs> At the expense of Iowa's and America's hardworking farmers and producers. Meatless Mondays, is that just like a cafeteria promotion? Yeah, is yes. that some Michelle Obama thing? <laughs> yeah. They don't offer meat at the government cafeterias for one day of the week. <laughs> yeah. These are all obviously like big cultural waves that have had an extremely large impact on the way Americans live. Like, it's so hard for yeah. us to get a burger now. <laughs> <laughs> Remember uh, a couple years ago when the Amazon rainforests were burning and it, uh, it was like, yeah, they're clearing forest out for cattle grazing land. And that was like a huge mm-hmm. issue or a huge yeah. thing for like a month. I haven't heard much about that recently. Yeah. I assume it's still happening. Everything changed after we learned that, right? <laughs> yeah. Mondays are tough enough. <laughs> no way. No way. No, she did not. She did. No, Mondays. she did not. She did not do Garfield. No. <laughs> you know what? I can make this even funnier to you. Uh, Mondays, she spelled with an apostrophe. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love wow. it. Wow. She's shitposting on her Senate.gov page. (laughs) Mondays are hard enough. Mondays are tough enough with an apostrophe. She let Garfield type that one. (laughs) Amazing. We don't need Representative Ocasio-Cortez and President Biden making them meatless, too. (laughs) Very enforceable, by the way. Mm-hmm. Something that the government would would hypothetically do. <laughs> We're going to be forced to eat vegetarian lasagna on Mondays, <laughs> which are already tough enough. Wait, no, she said it again. Joe Biden is a no, Catholic, no, no, no. by the way. What about meatless Fridays? Ever think about that? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. She's just like, Mondays are too hard. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need this goddamn Catholic president forcing us all to eat fish for Lent. <laughs> Isn't Biden like only our second Catholic president ever? Yeah. Yeah. And J- so. JFK. JFK, yeah. yep. Well, we got a good track record. Turned out well the first time, right? You're mm-hmm. going to have to bleep whatever I'm going to say now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, she did not repeat herself. That was just me riffing. 
That's why this week I introduced the Tasty Act. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> tasty. That's T A S T E E. Oh, man. I of was course ask. it is. <laughs> but yeah, I, I knew instinctually. <laughs> <laughs> that is an acronym for telling agencies to stop tweaking what employees eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Too uh, much tweaking. <laughs> You know you can you can bring a pork chop from home, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, it's good to have a little bit of variety in your diet. <laughs> Maybe if you ate a vegetable every once in a while, you wouldn't have all these brain worms that make you feel like these stupid <laughs> cultural things are real. <laughs> or tapeworms from eating undercooked meat. <laughs> <laughs> this bill is simple and straightforward. It would prohibit federal agencies from establishing policies that ban serving any agricultural product like meat for employees. Is this a huge problem? <laughs> like, <laughs> this, yeah, this affects like a thousand people in Washington, D.C. <laughs> <laughs> Liberal activists have a First Amendment right to say or preach what they'd like, but our federal agencies shouldn't be encouraging people to ban agricultural products at the expense of America's hardworking farmers and producers. Okay, now she is repeating herself. <laughs> It's important for Congress to make its intention known that we should get meatless Mondays and other types of activist bans against agricultural products out of our government dining halls. My bill will do just that. This is just as like specific of a grievance as like some of our lovely columnists as like, yeah. <laughs> like you're talking about the cafeteria where you work and you are one of the most <laughs> powerful people on the face of the earth. <laughs> like <laughs> I was at the uh, the Senate cafeteria, which is located uh, three miles underground or something. I'm just making shit up. I don't know anything about <laughs> these buildings. <laughs> and I wanted to get a scoop of unidentified meat, meat paste. Slurry. And the person with the big spoon with the meat paste said that that would be an additional $1 charge. <laughs> so I've introduced a bill <laughs> to ban... Unnecessary fees for my favorite foods. <laughs> when yeah. I went to get my taco, the guac was extra. <laughs> By the way, if you go to McDonald's and order a hamburger, the meat is most likely coming from like Australia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, I think U.S. is probably like the biggest beef producer, but it's no guarantee that it's supporting U.S. farmers. Right. I feel like most of it goes to China, which is the thing that she's on the beat about. Oh, yeah. Oh, as far as like oh, no, yeah, pork, food pork. exports. Yeah, food exports from Iowa. Yeah, definitely. China is like the biggest producer or biggest purchaser. Yeah, we're shipping hogs over there. I'm trying to think of like an offensive acronym I can use about Chipotle charging extra for guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> Look on uh, Twitter. We'll think of something. Ch- Chipotle is not Chipotle, please. Chipotle yeah, is but abusive. I, Chipotle is even a C, more abusive so I can, than normal. <laughs> I can do an acronym of the C word. Yeah. <laughs> Chipotle unnecessarily nutrition. T- 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 I don't know. Something that starts with T. Uh, this is <laughs> this is a Mad Libs. Rock Hard Caucus Mad Libs. Listeners, tweet, you can tweet at us. Come up with a C word acronym for yeah. Glock is extra, and I'm I'm real mad about it, and I'm also the most powerful person in the world. <laughs> I think uh, Chipotle actually has had like the most like employee walkouts of any fast food company just because they're yeah, like notorious for being <laughs> extremely <laughs> hard on employees. Yeah, I've seen reports about that, yeah. But yeah, if you can come up with a, a, a bill for Joni Ernst to introduce to ban Chipotle from charging extra for guacamole and it, it has to spell out the C word, uh, let me know and <laughs> you'll you'll win. We'll uh, promote it on the Twitter. Yeah, you'll win the <laughs> Rock Hard Caucus prize for being more clever than us. <laughs> <laughs> No one is more clever than us. <laughs> our governor, Kim Reynolds, declared April Meat on the Table Month to support our state's agriculture community. So during April, be sure to grab yourself a burger, a pork chop, or some good old bacon and do your part to support Iowa's hardworking farmers and ranchers. In Congress, I'll keep pushing to make sure our ag community knows that I've got their backs. So right at the end, she uh, shortens the word agriculture after saying it a hundred times in full. <laughs> <laughs> it's also cyclical. We'll make up some reason to do this, but like it's beef, it's what's for dinner. 
or mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the incredible edible egg. Like, you know, every Republican president tries to make a PSA about why you should eat more meat. And like you're just making you're just retrofitting a culture war for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, no one no one is trying to stop this. <laughs> like meat. Uh, meat is what runs the the whole thing. Like the river of blood that runs yeah. our <laughs> Every, you know, cubicle worker is just like packed from head to toe with red meat, just working on that heart attack. That's, this is what we've built here in America. (laughs) (laughs) This economy runs on burgers. You think that they might want to eat less beef to show support for uh, Modi's Hindu nationalist government in India, (laughs) one of our strongest allies in Asia? probably just made this up because they were having problems with sales or something i mean this is always like that's why it always feels so silly is because it's just made up based on like you know whatever the the problem is yeah they're just reacting to like a ghost (laughs) (laughs) or you know they're reacting to a straw man that they created yeah and like liberals are running out and buying beef and conservatives are running out and buying beef and like owning each other with beef and then everyone's making money hand over the fist right no i like beef more. why would you need a year's worth of beef in your freezer that's disgusting it is just get a hamburger they're just you know screaming at each other rubbing raw beef on their tongues i like it more i like the taste more i don't even cook it have you ever had beef tongue (laughs) no i don't think i have i i have not either i've i've heard it's very good (laughs) but have you ever had a cannibal sandwich? Uh, no, I think I... Is that like every kind of meat on one sandwich or something? No, I think it's like a Wisconsin thing specifically. Oh, where they, yeah. They just eat raw ground beef. It's raw ground beef on like yeah. white bread or something. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, isn't that steak tartare too? If it's rich people, it's steak tartare. If it's poor people, <laughs> yeah. it's... <laughs> raw ground beef. Cannibal sandwich. Yeah, just pulled directly out of the fridge. Just put your hand in a cow and rip it out. <laughs> yeah, just barehanded, just grab it. Yeah. <laughs> I am, you know, I when I see raw ground beef, I just have this like urge. Like I want to know what it's like to eat it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I hate any raw meat. That's why I have an instant pot and it's wonderful because you can just throw like meat in there and it just comes out perfectly cooked and you don't have to fucking deal with it at all. Yeah. But yeah, I look at it and it's just so appealing to me. Like, how would it feel on my tongue? Uh, no. <laughs> how horrible would I feel a, a few hours later? <laughs> would I survive the night? <laughs> What's the weirdest meat you guys have eaten? Have either of you had like gator or anything? I've had gator, yeah. Yeah, it's I've good, had that honestly. Too. Yeah. It's like clam it's like uh little clam strips, but like it is like that. Yeah, it's kinda chewy like that. Yeah. I think that's yeah, I think that's really the only weird meat I've eaten. Yeah, that's probably the weirdest for me. I've never eaten any. Nothing weird. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of problems with food. So maybe I'm a vegetarian just because I like have sensory processing disorder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got narrowed down. I don't yeah. spend a lot of time like thinking. I think it's not a good idea to like think about the way that the food that you're eating got to your plate. You know, like it's <laughs> generally better out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. But yeah, I probably only eat red meat probably like two or three times a month at most anymore. It's really not good for you. That's the other thing. Yeah. It's like, it's really a good idea to reduce because it really does give you heart disease is the thing. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's not bad to have, but like eating it every day is not good for you. Mm -hmm. Or the environment. There are people living that life. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There is definitely a lot of people living that life. (laughs) You know, you got a freezer full of a year's supply of beef. You got to use it. <laughs> I'm praying for Amber Gustafson's colon. <laughs> <laughs> and the tubes in her heart. <laughs> Cut them open and they're just yellow paste in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I realized when I was putting the notes together for this, I don't think we have talked about the Twitch channel like on air, on mic. So I wanted to plug that. We have a Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Rock Hard Caucus. Yeah, you know, I should probably, actually, I probably will do another Titanic stream tonight. Tonight? That's before I get a chance to release the episode. Oh, no. That's okay. (laughs) 
But yeah, subscribe to us on Twitch. I'm playing uh, Titanic Adventure Out of Time. It's an old 90s adventure game that's very fun. It's got mm-hmm. some very funny characters, very funny animations, a lot of international intrigue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I've been playing uh, Ninja Turtles games, which are a lot less educational than what Evan's playing. Uh, it's not really, it's not an educational game, really. I mean, there's educational aspects. There's like a tour you can do with the whole ship or whatever that's more geared towards that. Yeah, it's boat. You learn about boats. You learn about <laughs> boats. You learn about, you know, important shit from back then. Mm-hmm. If you are uh, play Rocket League as well, hit me up. I just got to champ in standard. Nice. I don't know. There's probably not very many people who are going to bite on that. But, you know, I might play some uh, on the stream. Yeah, that'd be cool. So if you want to uh, watch us play video games for several hours, then you can do that now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is there anything else we need to tell people before we sign off? I think that's about it. Don't eat any beef. Yeah. Again. (laughs) Uh, I'm working on episode five of the... uh, Republican crackhead review right now. It's very long, so I'm only I'm less than halfway done editing, but that'll be out soon. And we're also planning on recording another free episode later this week. So look forward to that. Yep. Might have another guest. Go to rockhardcock.us. Find all of our shit. Yes, sir. Cock spelled like caucus. Mm-hmm. C-A-U-C. Yeah. Plausible deniability. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight in Bay Point, Maine, it's Beef Bourguignon. In Malibu, it's sirloin kebabs. You'll find beef fajitas at the Four Fork Ranch. And Kung Pao beef in Chinatown. In New Orleans, it's Creole pepper steak. And beef pachola in the north end of Boston. There's a great corned beef sandwich at 7th and 55th. And in Chicago, a porterhouse steak, the perfect medium rare. At the end of each day, all over the country, nothing satisfies so many people in so many ways. Beef, it's what's for dinner. (laughs) 